This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, listeners, you know how much I love this thing called podcasting, right? I might have said it one or 500 times on the show. Well, I found a new way to basically share this passion with others, and that's through podcast consulting. Do you have an idea for a podcast you're looking to get off the ground? Well, definitely get in touch because I would love to work with you to take your idea to launch and let you express yourself out in this world we call podcasting. So check it out at glisteningparticlespodcasting.com. Hey, listeners! Today I'm talking with Robert Selby. You might have seen him on the video that went viral where he glued a feeding tube to his abdomen in solidarity to stand with his son Chase, who has a, a heart condition that has um, caused him at the age of four to continue to need that. So Robert is an amazing advocate for Chase, but he's also trying to be out there as a support person for people around the world who have newly diagnosed cases of this particular heart condition and support them in moving forward and advocating. So with that, here's Robert. Hey, Robert, thanks for joining me today. How you doing, Miss Jane? I am doing really well. You know, um, I'm so happy to hear your story. And for the listeners, I found Robert on Instagram. He has an Instagram called, I have to look at it to make sure I get it right, The Life of Chase Elijah. And it's about his son, and it's so incredibly inspiring. And especially, I saw the one where you had a feeding tube thing on your chest, on your stomach. Yes, Is that right? Like he wears, and that's the one that kind of started it all for me. So um, I thought it would be great to hear how you have really made being his partner in life such an incredible commitment, the way that you're sharing with him and helping him through what he's been dealing with. So let's start with telling people a little bit more about Chase. Um, well, my son, he was born with a congenital heart defect called Tetralogy of And what that is, it's four rare heart conditions into one to where um, he had uh, his where his heart was just working in overdrive to kind of keep up, you know, keep his body kind of like moving at a normal pace. So the doctors found out. I'm sorry. Well, a nurse found out the day that we got discharged. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the nurses she wanted to do like a last minute checkup to make sure she covered all her bases before releasing us, and she found out that my son had a strong heart murmur. And um, when she came back to us, she was like, "Well, normally, you know, every kid have a heart murmur, so the chances of anything severe is like a ten percent chance." So after like he went through these tests and stuff like that. And, he came, and she came back. She's like, well, that 10% chance that I said he has, he falls into it. 
So after that, it, after that, it was just like a roller coaster. Um, we saw like a few doctors after that, and that doctors was like that um, kids with this type of heart condition normally would get um, a heart surgery within like their first 10 months to one year of their life. And for my son to only make it to two weeks, and I had to rush him to the hospital that was like 40, like 40 some miles away. And um, he's supposed to only stay for like 24 hours. He wound up staying for like almost four months. Oh my other gosh. Issues. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a lot. Like everything the doctor said that, you know, supposed to kind of happen didn't happen. He like took like a real bad detour. He only supposed to have been in the hospital for three days for his recovery. Then mm-hmm. he supposed to do the do the remaining six to eight weeks at home. And he wound up staying there longer because um he was so small. He was only five pounds, two ounces. Mm-hmm. But he went to full he went to full term. He just was like a little small baby. Mm-hmm. And um the doctors were saying that his body swole up so much that it couldn't really actually close his chest. So that ran into the the um possibility of all type of infections, bacteria, pneumonia, and stuff like that. So he was on like a high risk for like twenty-four to almost forty-eight hours to where his chest was just wide open. They had like a patch on top of it, but wow. it's yeah, they just kept monitoring him. They tried their best to um to drain all the fluid off his body so he could actually close his chest up. Then that went into other complications. Then once they got that settled, my son um got a feeding tube because me not knowing as a parent, I thought, you know, when a baby's born, they automatically know how to drink from a bottle. Mm-hmm. But they the doctors told me that you actually got to train your baby how to suckle, swallow, and stuff like that. And since he was, you know, since he was first born, he was always hooked up to an IV. And he was hooked up to an IV for weeks and weeks and weeks. That he just never learned the motor skills of how to, like, you know, drink orally. So the doctors were like, the only way that he could actually go home that they would sign off is that um, he get a feeding tube. And he was on a feeding So he was on a feeding tube roughly from... I think um, one month all the way till current. He's four years old now. And he still has that? Yes, man. He has a feeding tube because um, he has, even though he's very active and everybody um, sees how active he is, they uh-huh. always say, like, oh, he, he just looks so normal. And I tell people, just look at it as like a shiny car. Like on the outside, it's all shiny and, you know, glossed up or whatever. But under the hood, you have all type of problems or whatever. And that's what uh-huh. his issue is. Like um, underneath he has like a you know, weight issue. Um, his body doesn't uh, maintain weight as quote unquote a normal person uh-huh. is. But the doctors were like, well, they look at me as like my height, shape and build because I could eat like 20 burgers and don't gain not one pound. But somebody uh-huh. else. A little <laughs> somebody, jealous. Somebody else, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause everybody say that. Everybody <laughs> also jealous. <laughs> I'm like, man, but um, I always had that issue. So mm-hmm. they were saying like, they just put everything into a, a big bowl of, well, he got a heart condition. He's a kid. He runs a lot. He, you know, burns off metabolism. He, you know, he can't keep a lot of weight on him because um, mm-hmm. I remember one time, I remember one time before that uh, he got sick for like uh, maybe like two days mm-hmm. and uh, he really wasn't eating and he dropped maybe like a pound uh-huh. and it took us almost nine to close to a year to get that one pound back. And wow. this is... This is like constantly like hooking him up to a machine overnight because he got to still be on the machine at four years old to get his calories and stuff like that, that he doesn't um, intake during the day sometimes. So um, he got to get hooked up to a machine for like um, eight to 10 hours. And then just pumps fluid in his body to kind of hold it over to nighttime. Because, you know, on the daytime, kids just run and run and play mm-hmm. and they eat when they want to eat sometimes. So, 
But yeah, um, it's just a you know um, a never ending, ongoing you no know, situation with him. But he's got better though. Right. So, okay. So I have so many questions like pouring in my head and I want to start with a a comment, which is, this is all new information for me. This is an area I don't have, I have zero expertise about or knowledge about. So if I ask anything that sounds like um, offensive or, you know, intrusive, please just say, Hey, (laughs) that's not a good question. Or help me learn to ask questions better about people that are going through things like this, because I want to learn to be really sensitive to it. I myself have a um, a son with a vision disability. So I understand how as a parent, when we um, have our children and we think, you know, we kind of know what we know basically about our about kids and raising them on a general sense. And then when we run into some sort of a health issue, it's like, wow, I didn't even know this existed. And now I need to learn a whole lot of things really fast. So I know about his condition, but I don't know a lot about what Chase is going through. So my first question is, so seriously, if you don't learn the sucking mechanism as an infant you can't learn that eventually um yes it, um far as i know like i said a new parent again um uh-huh. me that's what that's that's what i thought like oh you know just put a bottle in his mouth and here learn how to you know right. to you know um to properly you know you just keep training just like reading or riding a bike or whatever you just right. keep right, right, right. and they get it but he just never grasped it and uh-huh. like i said um he was in the hospital for like probably three to four months. So after a while, the doctor's like, the only thing that's holding him here is his, um, is him not eating. Mm-hmm. So they, they told us like, well, we could take him to therapy, but if he haven't caught on in four months, mm-hmm. how to, you know, um, drink from a bottle orally, like going right. here to, going to this program for maybe like two or three weeks, it's going to probably improve it all. So that was our only um option just to get him out. Cause you know, mm-hmm. he was in the hospital for so long. All mm-hmm. we did was just want him to just be home in the comfort right. of our home. Right. And, you know, like, like me just working eight to 10 hours, then at mm-hmm. nighttime, drive you know, 35, 40 minutes to the hospital, spend overnight there, mm-hmm. wash, clean my clothes and stuff, then come back to work. I did that like six days a week and oh it was just gosh. getting exhausted. So right, I was right. like, what? It's this time to get home. So this is our option. You know, we, we didn't want no more surgeries for him, but, mm-hmm. but that's what we were left with on the table. But um, to answer your question, I thought that he would learn over time. And we tried and tried and tried till it came to like, like I said, four years old now. Like he eats orally way better. Uh-huh. But like I say, again, the problem is his weight. He hasn't got to the proper weight to where the doctor feels comfortable taking it um taking a feed or two completely out because like i said um he catch a cold or mm-hmm. anything should happen where he'll drop weight a little bit it takes forever for him to gain it back so she's just not comfortable with just taking a g-tube out right now huh. so does he eat now though like does he chew and eat and that kind of like eat orally now to some capacity uh, y- yes oh yes ma'am like okay. he eats any and every, everything orally like you know f- okay. drink so that food, juice box everything. he was gonna drink that one that he oh, got yes. while we were starting the call. Okay. <laughs> yes, man. Okay. Yeah, he, he does. He does that. Sometimes when he doesn't, um, doesn't doesn't eat. You know, we just feed him through the G tube. And then, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, he's still on what they call overnight feeds. Like he um get plugged up overnight for like ten hours to the wee hours in the morning, mm-hmm. and we take him off. That just pumps like um calories and proteins and stuff inside mm-hmm. his body. Hmm. Does he, is that hard as a, you know, because he's such an active kid. He's just absolutely adorable. So everybody who's listening needs to be sure to go out and look at the life of Chase Elijah on Instagram because he's absolutely adorable and all the YouTube videos. But like, how do you get him to lay still for that long and be attached to a tube? My kids, I don't know if I could have got that to happen. 
Oh, well, um, as a as a baby, you know, it was very easy because, you know, dude, mm-hmm. he wasn't as active. Right. But um, just over over time, I think he just, you know, grasped it. Like, you know, okay, well, I just get plugged up, not a sixth deal. Because um, uh-huh. a, a lot of parents that I ran into um, that had this con- um, their child with this condition, they're like, oh, I remember my kid, same thing, would not sit still. Or they would mm-hmm. just keep taking the G-tube out or running away from me. Or I would have to have them, like... Um, Plugged up, but then have like a little book bag on because that's what he has too. Like, he mm-hmm. has like a little book bag for like mobile. So, if we out and about, uh-huh. it still could pump you know, everything into him while he's just uh-huh. running around, playing around and stuff wow. too. So, they got, all, they got all type of neat stuff these days. I know, you know isn't that crazy? Like, wow, I did not know that that happened. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. That is awesome. So, now he just had an appointment this week, right? Yes, ma'am. Yesterday. And how did that go? Um, it went, it went good. He's, um, the last time I saw his gastro was, uh, probably like four months ago mm-hmm. and she was like, he didn't gain what well, she said that he gained, he gained very slowly. So he gained like almost like a half a pound. Mm-hmm. So, but to her, that's, you know, that's good. She like, he's not growing or gaining the way that she want him or fast as she want him, but long as the scales keep going up. Cause like I said, for the longest, I remember I met kids that was um like my son was two years old and at two years old he was like um I want to say maybe like fifteen to like seventeen pounds mm-hmm. but then I met I, I met I met kids that was nine ten months and that was like my son's size I'm mm-hmm. like wow <laughs> 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 like you know the age range and the weight range is just uh-huh. you know it's just crazy but um you know it did affect me a lot far just seeing you know, my child going through all this and all you can do as a parent just try to do the best that you can and which it didn't happen to your child and like I said this is my first and only child ever and for all this just happened out of the gate it just right. it was right. it, it it um it took a lot and then it didn't give you time to like process all this because um right. I know a lot of parents a lot of parents were like I don't know how you do it or how do you got through it or whatever I'm like I could sit down now and think about it, but uh-huh. at that time, I'm okay, I got to do this, I got to do that. Then I got into like Facebook groups and try to do a lot of research uh-huh. and to, to help this process out, just, just wrap my brain around like what is actually going on with my son so I can have a better idea because, you know, when the doctors talk to you, they talk to you like another language. So I'm like, totally. I, don't, I, don't understand. I don't understand what you're saying, but you're saying my son has all this and all that. So, but what I grasp from... The doctors, they were just telling me just to simplify it. Just uh-huh. imagine um, um, a one-way street. When you go down the correct way or whatever, the traffic moves slowly, um, moves uh, fluently, everything's okay. It's when somebody comes the opposite direction when all chaos and issues happen or whatever. So that's what happened with my son. Like mm-hmm. He got one issue, one issue with his valve that pumps blood to his heart. And that valve is like very, very weak. It got holes in it and stuff, and mm-hmm. so they had to cut that. Had to cut through that valve or whatever to kind of connect it again. And now, as he's growing, they said they're gonna have to actually do a full replacement of the valve because the valve can't stretch but so far. Uh-huh. So they were like, blood was leaking. You know, your heart pumps a little bit faster just to try to keep up. And they mm-hmm. call them blue babies. They call them blue babies because the lack of oxygen that mm-hmm. comes in your body, so it makes your baby turn pale. So that was another issue too. Like when you when he eats oily or when he was eating oily his whole body turns blue because he he uses so much energy 
just to try to like, you know, maybe suckle on a bottle a little bit when we tried or mm-hmm. just to eat formula and stuff like that. And this took a lot of energy out of them. So it keeps you tired, you know, a little bit lazy and stuff like that. But you would never know what my son just mm-hmm. did. So he just he's just so active in there. And I'm just so happy just to see him running around. I bet. Like, I can't imagine, you know, what, you know, when you see him now, he's, you would not guess that there was anything going on with him. But when you think about all that time you spent in the hospital and with doctors when he was much younger, you know, when he was first born in that first year. And I mean, I think those kind of things, when people ask, like, how do you get through it? It's like that kind of stuff just shows you your power, your strength, you know, because you don't have any choice. You know, you, you have to go through it. It's there in front of you. You have no choice. And what else are you going to do? Walk away? No. So I think it shows us our strength when we run into those things in life. Yeah, because um, like his um, his mom, you know, I actually had to be like the rock to keep her up. Because like I said, this is her only child too. And mm-hmm. when she heard it, when she heard the news that the doctor told her, like, oh, you know, I told you, I told you about the ten percent chance he falls into it. I actually had to pick her up off the floor because mm-hmm. she broke down and like she really, really had it hard. And you know, she always commend me for helping her through the through what she called the dark days of her times or whatever. But it's like, man, I just never see you like either like skip a beat or whatever. I'm like, uh-huh. well, you know, I had my I had my moments, but I had them privately or whatever, because right. I see that you you're going through it. Then you know, you right. know, you're 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 breaking down, I'm breaking down. Somebody need to be like the actually the rock the holes is together or whatever, but don't ever believe that I never had my moments at all. So uh-huh. it, it it was a lot. It was a lot. It's a lot. And it's not it's ongoing too. I mean, now when you know, even though he's, you know, health like relatively healthy and, you know, living a relatively normal life right now, it's still, it's still there, you know, and, and there's still more ahead. And it almost makes you, do you find that it makes you parent differently or be present differently because of what he's going through? Um, yes, yes and no. Um, a lot of people ask me, do I, um, do you know he has a heart condition or any type of condition? And I was like, in my mind, he doesn't, he knows that he has a scar on his chest and he mm-hmm. knows he had a feeding tube. He don't know the significance of the feeding tube besides mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, plug me up. It might be some formula going to it. Sometimes some medicine going to his stomach. And, um, but I don't let that limit him. Cause I feel like sometimes if you, if you show your child like, oh, you have this, sometimes they always use it to where they don't use it to their full potential. Like, oh, well, I got this issue. I can't do this and can't do that. And I never want him to ever limit himself to anything in life. Mm-hmm. So I just make sure, like, you know, to me, and I look at him like, he to me, he's just a normal kid. Like, he mm-hmm. runs, he plays, he's in flag football, he plays basketball. I got him to like a little soccer league, too. So he just runs up and down the field all day long. So to me, he's just a normal kid. I watch out for him a little bit, make sure he doesn't really, really hurt himself. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want to ever for him to like to limit himself. So I try my I try my best not to treat it any different if he did or didn't have the situation or the condition. I totally get that. It's hard to do. I mean, with my son, yeah. with his vision, I my one number one goal is to not let him live a life a life of a victim. Like I don't want him to feel like he's a victim of this. This, this condition that he has, I want him to always feel like all opportunities are there and all obstacles are surmountable. But it's hard. As, sometimes you just want to pick a scoop him up and go, no, you know what I mean? This oh, yeah. isn't fair. This isn't fair. But it's it's like you you can't because otherwise, you know, you want them to just feel like it's the craziest thing. Like you want them to feel normal, but even better, you know? Yes, ma'am. 
Yeah. And, and like, you know, every time I turn around, he always, you know, showing me something different or doing mm-hmm. something different. I'm like, man, I didn't know that, man. You know, but <laughs> he, you know, he, he teaches me every day and pushes me every day to, you know, be a, you know, be a better parent, you know, better listener, better teacher and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm like, say he's a blessing in my life. Oh, totally. Totally. Like our kids teach us more than anyone. It's my belief that I, I've learned a lot of things like ATVing and um, video games. I have boys, so it's a lot of things like that. But um, they also teach me a toughness that I don't think I knew before, which is great. A toughness in a good way, you know, that kind of like mental toughness. So like how did, what did you do before this? I mean, do you still like, do you still work? I mean, I know you're really busy with him all the time. Do you still have a job? Do you still, are you able to still, like, how much has your life changed from, uh, it, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it changed, like I said, it changed dramatically. I'm just thankful that my job, you know, totally, totally understand, like, you know, what my son going through. So they've been very, very supportive since mm-hmm. day one. And then I deal with um, wounded warriors, like soldiers. So I'm part of the wounded warrior program. And um, I deal with soldiers that just come from Iraq, from amputees to all type of condition that they do have. So sometimes, you know, just hearing their stories alone, just like, wow, like, you know, you always think that you have it bad till mm-hmm. you meet somebody else to have it have it worse. And then mm-hmm. I tell them the story of my son and they were like, this breakdown, like, oh my, and everybody keeps saying the same thing. I don't know how you do it, but I'm mm-hmm. like, look at you, sir, sir or ma'am. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see how, you know, you, you, you're you going through like your whole body issue or um, I got one soldier that she had um, uh, 11 surgeries and she got five more to go. And I'm like, wow, like this has been cutting on your body since like day one. And she's mm-hmm. going through chemo and cancer and stuff to where she got, you know, um, issues to where, you know, like going through the chemo, her hair falling out and, you know, she's gaining weight because of the pills and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I just talk to her all the time. You just help her go through stuff like people help me out, like a little support group. But um, like I say, my job has been awesome. And for my son to used to have almost three appointments a month for like a year and a half. So like every week I would have to go somewhere to take him somewhere. And then he was on, he was on eight, nine medicines to where he only had maybe three appointments a year. Uh-huh. So he didn't graduate. He didn't graduate out of that. Then um, he's only on one medicine now. So it just, um to me, like I seen him progress. And I, that's why I tell everybody that I meet uh, on social medias for like the new parents too mm-hmm. that um they have the the issue with um their child i'm like you know don't look at your child now just imagine them in the future or whatever and that's what mm-hmm. helped me get over the little hump that i got like i said the support groups that i was in for us facebook i talked mm-hmm. to other parents just like all over the world and i saw their mm-hmm. kids they're like oh well my kid had the same condition as your child and my kid is 10 years old or my daughter's 21 or i'm 35 i'm like wow okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna see it now i, I gonna see you know where the possibility that my son could be at in you know ten to fifteen to twenty years, not just looking at him right now, just right. laying on the bed, laying on the bed in a uh, medical induced coma with his chest open or whatever, and all these tubes just going in and out him like a bionic man. I'm like, oh my right. gosh! But like I said, but just just the white people in this world, man, and there are some great loving people that just reached out to me throughout this whole four year journey, and it's just been amazing. And I met all type of friends and like. Honestly, I'd never seen before, but mm-hmm. just on social media and they just keep, you know, reaching out. They send me things. I send their child things and just just keep in touch from time to time. So they are some awesome, supportive people out here. And I'm so, so thankful for that. It is amazing, isn't it, that 
this like this technology that we just thought was technology is actually creating this web of connection with people around the world and support. It's not just like, hey, I know you you're there. It's like, hey, I I don't know you, but I want to support you and I want to help you. And it happens again and again and again. I mean, what what luck? Like when my son uh, was born, this was 16 years ago. The internet wasn't as there just wasn't as much out there yet. There wasn't Facebook yet. There wasn't some of those things and. You could Google and try to find a website, but it wasn't as personal like Facebook or Instagram or something like that where you can actually build a relationship. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so glad to hear that, that you're you're kind of doing it both ways, right? You have people you're supporting and you still have these people that are supporting you for Chase's future. It's incredible. Yes, ma'am. Yes, they, um, like I said, they, like all over this world, man, from, you know, Japan, Australia, you know, Thailand, Hawaii, like just all over the world, man, just been reaching out. And um, mm-hmm. I just talked to somebody like recently that um, she was a, her brother, wife had a baby and um, they had like a little bit of conditions like my son, mm-hmm. but way worse. And so um, I just gave my you know advice to them and told them like, just, just look up this and look up that to help them out with just like, you know, medical stuff or just learning a little bit more i said all i'm just giving you stuff that people gave to me and i know they're in a different state so i don't know too much of their rules and regulations Mm but you know i'm like well you know if you sign up for this program you might get approved if you you know fill out this form it might help you out in the long run because those bills that come in or that's that's a stress alone like Mm -hmm. i know my i know my son when he was at six months his bill was already at like um $2.5 $2.5 million. Oh my God. Like, as he's four years old now. So just imagine. So, and did you I'm have like, insurance wow. for all of that? Oh, yeah. Yes. yes I, okay. had, I had insurance, and a lot of his stuff gets covered. And okay. I'm just. But no, just, I get blessed. it. Yeah. It's, it adds up so fast. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, man. Just to, you know, just to keep him alive, $2.5 right. $2. And um, a lot of people just not that blessed. Like, he had a home nurse. For uh, for years, and I come across a couple of parents that their child are way worse than mine, and they didn't get approved for a home nurse. Uh-huh. That they really, really, they really, really needed it, or they didn't get approved for certain stuff that we didn't get approved for. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just blessed, but I try to like you know help out much as I can, you know, when I can. So just sharing information, just like people shared it with me. Because mm-hmm. navigating the whole healthcare industry, or you know, all of that is really challenging. I have yes. enough trouble just paying regular doctor's bills and figuring out how to do that. You know, where do I go do this and who do I have to talk to? And it's not like I can't pay them, but it's more the, just the insurance stuff is, health insurance is so complicated. And so when you're under stress as it is and you're trying to keep your child alive and you have to deal with all of that on top of it, it's hard. It's really it hard. It is. So your, um, your son, he's, um, is it I say going to get better or? It's what? You say your son eyesight, he has oh. eyesight? No, it'll be the same. So he has something called aniridia, where he was born without irises. So the part that blocks, like the part that, uh, the muscle that squeezes down to block light when it's bright. Huh? So he wears a baseball cap and dark glasses pretty much all the time. But when he was young, he had to have um, a couple surgeries on his eyes. And he also had to have uh, ultrasounds because he had a high risk of a certain cancer in his kidneys. So he had a ultrasounds every three months. He had to have his eyes checked every three months um, and a couple surgeries. So it was, you know, it wasn't life-threatening, but we didn't know pretty much for the first, I would say, two months if he would be totally blind, which was, you know, as a a parent, you're, 
no matter what, you want your kids to have like all of their capabilities, you know? So now he's pretty high functioning. He's, uh, there's a high probability he'll get a driver's license. He's 16 now, but he might not be able to drive at night. So we're, you know, every, it's like, it's a whole new world of being an advocate, you know, for a child that's got a disability of trying to navigate all of that. And then also, you know, help them feel a sense of normalcy in their lives. Like it's not changing or limiting their capabilities. And at the and also still being a parent and going, yeah, you you can't play video games till three in the morning on a school night. That's not okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to still be, you know, like you have to parent them at the same time as trying to open up all these doors. So it's it's a tricky thing. You know, I wanted to go back to um, what you mentioned about the Wounded Warrior Project. Is that your actual? Is that your job, or is that something you do as a volunteer? How does that work? Uh, yeah, this is my um, my job. Um, I'm part of the Wounded Warrior Program. Okay. Um, down down here in Virginia, and like I said, just to uh, take care of you know the soldiers that come home, you know, help them with their um their appointments that they you know have, and you know just just comfort them, just be a ear sometimes, you know, whenever they got anything to talk about or mm-hmm. feel a certain way, because like I said, um. You know, they do so much for us to, oh, yeah. Protect, yeah, to protect us while we sleep at night and just for them to come home. And sometimes they don't get the best treatment or even at the VA hospital. I see so mm-hmm. many soldiers just outside the VA hospital. I'm like, man, you know, it's a lot of people have appointments. They're like, no, these are the homeless soldiers. I'm like, wow. Uh-huh. Like, they, they do all this stuff for us and they come home being homeless. Like, it just fascinates me. So mm-hmm. um, I just say, you know, talk to the soldiers sometime and see what's going on with them and hear their stories and stuff like that. So every now and then, like I say, just soldiers, like I said, they they like to, they like to talk and somebody anxious to feel their pain, but just have like a little outlet sometimes. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, people say that they know or understand, but you don't know or understand unless you're going through it. And I don't mm-hmm. go through nothing what they've been through but mm-hmm. when they talk about health stuff or whatever, um, like their body have this or they got to get this surgery. Or like I said, one of my um, good soldiers, she's going through um, chemo and stuff and had like 11 to 12 surgeries and still have more to come. Mm-hmm. She, you know, that, that really, really bothers her on top of other family issues. And I'm like, wow, it just it's just hard on people these days. And just sometimes don't get no better. Mm-hmm. I, I think... You're doing such a great service, though, by hearing their stories, because I think that's sometimes what people need more than anything, is just mm-hmm. someone to is someone to hear them, to listen and hear them. You know, it connects people. So what a beautiful piece of work you're doing on top of taking care of your son. You know, it kind it's of, entwi- it's intertwined in a way, don't you think? Yes, ma'am. Like, yeah. like to me, like, I'm just thankful every day. Like, when people... um ask me how I'm doing. I always say great. And they always ask me, like, man, you always say that you're great. And like, to me, it is. Like, don't believe, like, I don't have, you know, you know, um, other things going on in my life the way it could be weighing me down or I'd be stressed out all the time. But I choose to, like, to block it out and I tell everybody, it's a it's a choice to what you allow to stress you out and what you allow not to stress you out. So every day, even when they ask my son, that, oh, how you doing? You know, Chase, like, oh, I'm great. Because you are. Like I said, I woke up, you know, so right. that's a blessing. That's a blessing in itself, man. <laughs> Whatever happens, I try to block out much as negativity as possible. And they, uh-huh. they always say, like, you always walk around with a smile. Like I say, I choose to, you know, like, let's believe, like, my son, story alone had me stressed out. Or I think about mm-hmm. my son all the time that be, had me stressed out. Or, you know, people, they got 
family, you know, family issues or can't get a job or, you know, other issues that they have that, you know, really, really will, you know, stretch out and pull your hair mm-hmm. out sometimes. And I just choose not to just let that, you know, sink in. Like I'm 33 mm-hmm. years old and I would like to reach that longevity in life and just not have certain stuff that I know I can't control. Like mm-hmm. my son being here, my son being here with his conditions, I can't control that or whatever, but I can control mm-hmm. Know my emotions and my actions, so I try my best to always walk around with a smile and you know help many people that I can help out. You know with energy on my twenty four hours of a day that I do have. Mm-hmm. I, I I laugh when you said I say great because I um I say the same thing. People ask me how are you, I'm like I'm great. They're like how do you say that all the time? I'm like it's all about my perspective, my choice. You know, so I love that. Have you always been that way? Have you always been? Uh, that kind of oh, person. no, man. <laughs> ah, okay. It, it took a while. Uh. <laughs> Not by a long shot, but um, it, it took a while. These past, uh, I want to say 10 years, you know, I've been like molding myself and stuff like that to like be a be a better man, be a better leader and role model. So I've been doing a great job. I remember um, like a long time ago, my grandma, um, she told me, she called me Smith. <laughs> um, she the only one in my friends. She don't want to call me Smith. She don't call me by Robert or any of my nicknames. She don't like Robert at all. So <laughs> she definitely don't like my nickname Roscoe, but she calls me Smith because um, she used to watch this TV show called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, and I it was, love um, that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. And she, it, it was a orangutan or whatever. And she said, when I was born, she said, I had long fingers and long toes like a orangutan. <laughs> so ever since then, she used to call me Mr. Smith for years. And then I got like a teenager. She dropped the Mr. off and it called me Smith. Oh, but, um, I see. Probably I, getting I mean, too much attitude being called Mr. as a teenager, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I would be. She um, but she told me like um, like a couple of years ago. She like, man, I just want to say how proud I am of you, um, to the man that you become. Because honestly, I didn't think that you know you'd be like like that the normal type of person be dead or in jail or something like that. Cut to the road that I was leaving or the road that I was going down. But she saw like I turned everything around. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like um like doing anything like illegal or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just hanging. I was hanging around the wrong people right. and. Anything could happen just hanging around with some what you call so called friends. So uh-huh. like, just just thankful that you know the man that I look at now just you know that you know you know just crazy how you know she like to love me and say that she thought that I would be like this one type of person now on this. So it just really shocks her and she's very very proud and she's definitely proud that she see how much I love my son, everything I do for him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so you know it, like I said, it takes a while, but you know I, I got there to saying I'm great every day. You know, that's a really good part of the story, though, because I think people, we, I was just talking with somebody about this other the other day, how we naturally make the assumption when we meet people that they were always the person we met that day, like how we are right now, like you and I, right? We can assume, we make an assumption that, oh, your life's always been like this and my life's always been like this. But the reality is everybody who we see and admire or want to take something, like we see them we're like, oh, I like that characteristic or whatever everybody worked to get there. It, they weren't typically not just born with it. I mean, some people are naturally optimistic. I would I would call that me. But uh, <laughs> I've had to still work at a lot of things to get to who I am today, like 10 years ago. In fact, I was just saying, I had to do it. I did a talk at work in front of a really large group of people, like, I don't know, 300, 400 people. And 10 years ago, I could have never even gotten on that stage because it would not have been who I could who I could be, you know? And it took a lot of work to get to be the someone who could do that. And 
we look at that in all aspects of our life. So I love that you shared that part of yourself because I think people should know that, that we don't all start out where we meet them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody have, you know, their, their flaws or whatever. I just tell people, just keep working on it until, you know, mm-hmm. you get it to where you want it to be. And like, best believe every day I work on something new. I always, even though my son's four years old, mm-hmm. um, I tell people, you know, they, they, they find it fascinating or they say it's like, you know, like, oh, how cute. But, you know, I'm a night owl. So sometimes I wake up, you know, the middle of the night, two, three, four in the morning. I just, you know, walk in this room, checking on him. Sometimes I just sit beside his bed and I just talk to him while he's asleep, you know, oh. like stuff, stuff, see that go with all. <laughs> it soaks in. It soaks in when we're sleeping. That's good stuff. That's so the I good just make stuff. sure. So I just talk to him like, what do I, um, what do you expect from me? How can I, you know, be a better person, better dad? Certain things that I expect from him and try to be and try to be better and stuff like that. And I used to talk to him when he's, you know, awake, even though he's four years old. I ask him sometimes, like, you know, is daddy doing a good job? Uh-huh. Or it, did daddy do this and daddy do that? Do you like this? Do you like that or whatever? And, you know, I take his words and, you know, his opinion in consideration and stuff. You know, even though he's four years old, some right. stuff you don't quite interpret or understand, but I just make sure we have that understanding and bond because right. I tell people tell people my dad he's um my dad is 62 years old he has a um a third fourth grade education so when I when I see him like cars or I go to his house and see him I gotta read the cars to him or I gotta read the birthday you know stuff to him or whatever uh-huh. so I made sure like my dad even though him and my mom split when I was born, she made sure that, you know, he was in my life. She made sure that he saw me, you know, on weekends and holidays. I always spend like a lot of time with my dad. So, and I love my dad to death, just like I love my mom. And I just made sure like I had that same bond with him, even mm-hmm. though me and my son, mom was not together. When I say she is like my best friend and like sidekick and road dog, people just be fascinated by the relationship that we have or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we, we talk about and in everything, we talk about stuff all the time, about every day. And when I say there's never no issue and drama, people like, I don't see how that's even possible. I'm like, no, because we got one thing common and right. we want to make sure we're best for our child or whatever. So put your put your ego, pride, and all that stuff to the side or whatever. Like, what do you want? Like, so we want the best for our child, especially when he came out with all these conditions and stuff like that. Right. So who am I to, who am I to add more stress on top of a grown adult? Like when I right. see my son, that's stressful enough. So I, you know, I keep everything, you know, to the low minimum because I don't like no no arguing and fussing anyway. But right. to me, just as a man and as a as a parent and stuff like that, I just try to just make sure I, how can I better myself all the time. And I talk to a lot of people and they try to do what I do, but I tell them it's, it don't like you said it don't happen overnight. It takes a while. It takes time, to, like, it, and we fall down every so often. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh yeah, now I'm no longer gonna be. Um, stressed. Well, it happens. Or I'm not going to argue or have drama. And sometimes it happens, even though we try really hard to change. It happens sometimes and it's just part of being human. But I, sure you're, you're really a cool guy. I mean, I knew that watching your videos <laughs> and um, paying attention to what you're doing with uh, your son and everything, but it's really, you've got a really great story. And I think all those people you're talking to at the Wounded Warriors as well, and the people you're connecting with who are starting to face what you've been dealing with and going through with Chase, how lucky that you're you're open to being a servant to them, you know, basically being a resource and a, a shoulder and all those things that you needed when you were going through it. That's amazing. Not yes, everybody ma'am. would do that. You know that, right? Yes, man. Oh, yeah, I knew. 
Not everybody does that. So I really, uh, I really appreciate that you're putting yourself out in the world and being a resource like that. So I have a question for you. Um, so if someone's listening to the show and they're newly dealing with, you know, what Chase, what you dealt with when Chase was born, what would be your best advice for them? Um, to just take everything one day at a time. And I learned that from what a doctor told me. And the doctor told me that you can't measure your child recovery in day um in what minutes, days or weeks. Their recovery gonna take months and years or whatever. So sometimes I'm like, man, why he hasn't got, you know, this taken out? Why have he got healed up this you know this quickly or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he told me it's it's gonna take months and years for your child to recover. And like I say again, my son is four years old and still has a wake issue that I'm learning that his his G2 sport had been out, you know, within the first couple of months, maybe like over a year. And he's got it for like past four years now. Mm-hmm. So I just look at that as just take it, you know, one day at a time. Try your hardest not to stress when I know you're going to, but mm-hmm. just stay stay much positive as you can. Uh, one day at a time. Just look at or try to find other groups social media that has like the same condition as your child and then like i said the the love that's out there you will never know mm-hmm. until you put your story until you put your story out there and it just comes back full circle like mm-hmm. me just me just posting one picture a day or whatever and now I look back it's like a it's like a little stick figure thing like you know you keep switching the pages and you start seeing a stick figure oh, move yeah. I, 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 I start seeing like the growth of my son from birth till now and I'm like man like sometimes he come up to me and just talk to me and I just look at him sideways like whoa like you just talking like like you know you're saying <laughs> these big you're saying these big words like I just remember you saying daddy or gag right. gag google or you could barely even turn over because you would you know you were delayed by like nine to ten months to where right. you just this this wow, like the, the 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 rebellions and the power of a child, man, just it's, mm. it's on a whole other level. But I just tell people, just take it one day at a time and just look at their recovery, you know, in months and years. Just mm-hmm. not it's not gonna be it's not gonna be tomorrow. It's not gonna be the next day or weeks or whatever. It's gonna take a while or whatever. But you just put that time and energy into your child, I guarantee you they're gonna surprise you mm. beyond measures. Well, that I think will fill a lot of people's hearts with joy and hope because that's what we need in times like that. So I can't thank you enough for spending time with me today and sharing your story. It's been really like my heart feels full. You know what I mean? Like it's overflowing. Um, and I want to make sure people can find you. So tell us your account. It's the Instagram is the life of Chase Elijah, right? Yes, ma'am. That and, is um C-H-A-C-E. A A lot of people spell it like Chase C-H-S-C-E. Oh, right. Yeah. And I'll link it on the episode notes too if people want to find it. And then do you have a, what's your YouTube channel called? Um, The same, the same thing as my Instagram, The Life of Chase Elijah. And it just roughly, you know, I day to day, like what's going on for the day, the agendas from sometimes his daughter's appointments, sometimes we... We do travels, like whatever's going on in his life. It's mostly about him. And I just mm-hmm. show people like the growth or whatever. Cause like when I tell people when they come to my Instagram page, you know, we put a like little funny stuff from time to time, but mm-hmm. this mostly shows you that where my child was at to where he's at now, where he was mm-hmm. to where he's at now. And just give you when you come on this on my page 
it roughly just to give you hope, you know, mm-hmm. give you a smile on your face to make you cheerful and stuff like that or whatever, not to like, to like kind of bring you down or whatever. And like I said, I was there before. I tell people I never thought I would see the light at the end of the tunnel because mm-hmm. all I could see is like my child on this, you know, this operating table or this bed full of monitors that's beeping, mm-hmm. me spending hours, hours, days and week in the hospital. They keep saying that he's going to get out this day. He never does. This going to happen. That's going to happen. Like wires going in and out his body and stuff like that. So I'm like, I couldn't see past tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'm talking about beyond stress out. So, um, but like I said, I just took it one day at a time, started getting a few groups. Social media helped out a lot. Um, I also tell I also tell people too that it's just me and my son up here. Um, I don't have no family members, so to rely on people to come to hospital and you know to be that shoulder to cry on, I didn't have that. You know, my uh-huh. son mom, yeah, my son mom did, um, which I was thankful for their parents that would come and um, mm-hmm. their church came, their church came and prayed over our son and you know with their stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not saying my family, my family was bad and nothing like that. It just, right. um, they just, so, they just don't live so, there, right? right. Yeah, they just don't, they just don't live here. So I tell people, all I have is my son. You know, mm-hmm. like so that's why, like it just means means a lot. Like I said, that I just make sure I just stay grounded. Try not to stress so hard. And um, one thing I always, um, I did at first, but then I, I read something online like a long time ago. It's like, don't blame yourself. Because I looked at it like, what do I, what did I did in my life? Or who mm-hmm. did I wrong in life for this to happen to me? I mm-hmm. feel like I didn't do it. I feel like I could not done no bad justice to anybody to where my punishment would be that my child would go through this or whatever. And mm-hmm. somebody was like, no, the first thing you shouldn't do is blame yourself. Sometimes things just happen. It's out of your control. And when I talk to the doctors, they say they still don't have a reason why um, a baby heart doesn't or a child heart doesn't fully grow. Like it's no hereditary anything. It's no drugs. It's no this. It's no that. It's just sometimes a child heart grows can full. Sometimes it don't. And you know, just it's the way it is or whatever. And that's what the cause he was dealt with. So mm-hmm. I just made sure like. I will, you know, be a you know, most support, like his big supporter in his life. Make sure I'm always present to where, you know, I'm just a beck and call away and just help him out as much as I can. Cause like I said, if I don't, if he don't have me, then I know he have his mom or whatever. But you know, you need those two parents on the same, you know, the same level and the same right. understanding to just, you know, level out each other on a lot of, you know, a lot of on a lot of stuff or whatever. And like I said, like she was a broken woman. When when he was born, when mm-hmm. she heard that news, and you know that's and that's no not to women, but you know women are nurturing, you know mm-hmm. women are you know loving and stuff like that, and it, sometimes they're not built as tough, so that's their baby, you know she mm-hmm. carried him for nine to ten months or whatever, and for him to come out with that kind of condition, I know it broke her, I, right. just like you know like the doctor telling you about your child sight and stuff, I know right. there was a lot that to, to, to take on as a parent. So I had to be, you know, that 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 rock or that tough person or whatever. But like I said, I had my days where I cried in the shower or broke down crying or still to this day sometimes I just look at my son and just break down in tears because it's more of a joyful thing. Right. You know, like a sad sadness or whatever. I'm like, man, I just can't believe how far you came in. Uh-huh. You're talking my you know, you're talking my ear off. Cause like a lot of people say like we had like um we had like um two siblings, they're more of a father and son. Cause like, you know, <laughs> I, I say something that like, me getting on my nerves. They're like, well, shoot, you get on my nerves, son. Like, you know, leave me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's nerves. good, though. That's that, like, there's a, a really tight bond. So 
that will carry yes. him through. That's the thing. You need both. You need to be the parent and the friend right now. And yeah. it's a hard, it's a hard uh, line to walk for sure. But it mm-hmm. sounds like you've got it figured out already. Cause he's just yes, an yeah. amazing kid. I've, I really encourage people to go watch some of those videos cause he's just a light. He's such a bright little light and so full of life. I saw the one where he um, jumped out and scared the nurse. <laughs> it was pretty Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. he, he did it a few times. Or whatever, every time she leave, he'll, he'll try to hide somewhere else or whatever. I said, man, this woman was so big. So, <laughs> but, but, she, but she played it off every single time she came back in. He said, boo, and she'll jump yeah. and stuff. So, uh, like I said, like, um, when he goes to like his appointments, when I say the love that he gets, and that's another thing, too, um, that the love he gets, just not from like my family and social media, but just from the nurses and mm-hmm. doctors and stuff like that. That been knowing him for four years. Just like yesterday when we went to his doctor's appointment, um, we still walked the floor. You know, mm-hmm. so certain nurses came and gone. Certain nurses are still there. But um, I ran into a few of them yesterday, and when they saw him, like their mouth just dropped to the floor. Like, oh my gosh, man! I like know. I remember when he was so small. Look at him now. Like this not the same kid that was here four years ago. Like yes, it is. But <laughs> they get to talk. Like they love him to death. Like his doctors love him, man. Like he's just a delight. Like when he just walks on the floor, right. like and he just starts seeing people or they know who he is. They're like, oh my gosh, like that is Chase. Or uh-huh. they start explaining his story to like the other nurse that doesn't know him. Like uh-huh. this is my favorite or whatever uh-huh. and stuff. So I'm not. I'm not trying to not knock all the other kids, but like this boy right here, man, we just love him to death. So, <laughs> well, he's such a success story too. I mean, they they have a lot of kids that they don't have the like joy of seeing them continue because they they don't make it for whatever reason. But he's a success story because he's survived and thrived, and he's going to continue to, and that helps them continue to do the work that they do because they know that some of these kids will make it through and. And I mean, I'm talking kids in general with lots of different things that go to the children's hospital, not specifically his condition, but just in general, it's like a tough place to be sometimes because they're not all success stories. So I I saw too, you guys do something where you help out at the children's hospital. Is that right? Where you deliver packages? Oh, yes. Um, Right now, that's... um, that's supposed to be happening. Uh, it's supposed to be happening on the 29th, but I just talked to one of the volunteer ladies, so she's going to um, email me back because, like, a lot of rules and regulations change. But we started a GoFund, and uh, we raised close to almost $10,000, and all of the proceeds will go back to the children's hospital throughout our area, like the DMV. We're going to go to, like, different children's hospitals and just hand out gift bags, like mm-hmm. pens and teddy bears and book bags and coloring books and crayons, all types of stuff that that's inside this um this little gift giving bag. And I just talked to that lady yesterday and we had it set for um December the 29th. But she was she told me that um a lot of rules and regulation has changed so she had to get back to me. So as soon as I find out more information mm. for date, I you know I will put on my social media platform and let everybody know. But I'm super, super excited. Mm. I did not know that We'll raise this amount of much money, wow. just a complete stranger like me. But, you know, I put it out there. Everybody loved our story. And um, like I said, all the proceeds just going right back to the children's hospital. And I decided to do the one in Washington, D.C. because that's the um, one that we went to. But mm-hmm. then just for the nurses and doctors there, like, they treated us like family. Mm-hmm. And certain certain ones started with just, like, them working, like, helping out my child to where it extended outside of their job area to where, you know, mm-hmm. they had emailed me 
all the time to check in on them. They come to like certain like birthday parties or events that we have. So it's a lot of like good people. Even some of his doctors had came to like a few of our events or whatever. I'm like, wow, man, you know, so normally just deal with their patients and they go about their day. But right. for them to take time out to just outside of their job to still, you know, keep in contact with this and stuff. It's just amazing. Well, and I think you got a little bit of like magic going on yourself. I just think you draw people in and maybe that's part of why Chase is um, with you because you're going to do so much good for others because you have this magnetic personality and he does. And together you guys are helping people through this, through, through his challenges, you're actually helping so many more people, which is, which is a pretty cool thing. <laughs> pretty cool thing. Ma'am, just, just like our, um, our logo say, um, you're never in a fight alone. I didn't want it just to be based on like my son and on his condition of mm-hmm. um, take charge of a low. Like any child, any person, any human being that has type of condition, just let you know like you're never in a fight mm-hmm. alone because it's somebody else that's going through the same issue that you have to where, you know, you could be an alcoholic, but you mm-hmm. have somebody that's in the AA meetings that will help you out, that been there mm-hmm. to the highest and lowest help you out where you've been in an abusive relationship it's somebody there to talk to you about that that where there was anyone or going through relationship issues or mm-hmm. you know domestic violence and you know other stuff whatever so you're never in a fight alone don't ever think that you are like like say me i have no family up here at all but best believe like my family is like a phone call away mm-hmm. and you know i called them or i met other people throughout this social media platform that helped me cope with my son condition, helped me understand a little bit better and gave me like little pointers and uh, helped me out research certain stuff or whatever. And certain famous people had this condition. Then I know certain people that um, one guy that I worked with, he said that he didn't find out. He, he had the same condition as my son, which is tech Charlie for low, like a um, congenital heart defect. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he said that he didn't find out till he was 50 years old. But oh he gosh. noticed, he said he noticed that like, throughout his life, like, uh, he always used to get tired and, you know, always restless. But the doctors, you know, said that he just had asthma. So that's what it was. So huh. he got like a full, full checkup. I'm like, man, you went 50 years. But then I got a best friend that she said the same thing happened to her. Like, but she got a surgery at three years old. But it wasn't until she passed out on the playground. Mm-hmm. And um, the doctor said the same thing. Like, oh, well, your child's like a little bit overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, your child got asthma or, you know, whatever they diagnosed her. Then it got to a point that she like, man, she always used to say like her heart hurts, but they just mm-hmm. kind of like dismissed, dismissed it a little bit. Then she said one day she just fainted on the playground. And when it did a checkup on her, they kind of found out that she had like two holes in her heart. Wow. So she had, she had heart surgery. So it, it can be misdiagnosed a lot. Mm-hmm. So like, like I said, my son with the, the whole term to the to all the ultrasounds, oh, your son has a strong heart. It's beating correctly. Everything mm-hmm. is good. He got ten fingers, ten toes. But then when he then when he was born, the first thing that was wrong with him was his heart. So wow. I, I felt like I was like, you know, kind of duped in the seed a little bit. You telling right. me this whole, this whole nine months, my son got a strong heart, but then you, now you're telling me like my son got, you know, a pulmonary valve issue or uh-huh. he got two holes in his heart and uh, and his blood leaking everywhere and stuff like that. So I'm like, wow. So you know, it can't be misdiagnosed, but just let people know again, that's our motto and slogan. Like, you're never in a fight alone. And it is people out here in this world, that if you put your story out there or reach out, it will be somebody that will contact you or reach back and will help you out throughout your, you know, your lowest of times. 
So there you have it, everyone. Um, definitely, you're never in a fight alone. And I saw those stickers that you just got on the blog, and they're so cute. Um, and so people reach out if you have questions. And I'm sure, I'm sure, Robert, if people wanted to talk with you, get a little inspiration from you, you're good with them reaching out to you anywhere, right? Yes, ma'am. You can reach me on my um, Instagram, The Life of Chase Elijah, that's C H A C E. And the same thing um, with my um, email. My email is never in a fight alone. That's N I A F A dot C H D at gmail.com. And that stands for never in a fight alone. Just the acronyms for it. All right. We'll make sure to put that up on the website so everyone can find you. And again, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and telling your story. It's been really inspirational. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care and, and give uh, Chase a big hug for me. It was fun seeing him this morning. Yes, ma'am. Hold on. You want to say bye, son? Hold on. Let me see what he say. Come All right. Let me say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, we're good one. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. I love that part of the end where Chase got on the call with us. He was actually on at the beginning when we were on video getting acquainted, but he was a little bit shy. And so it was kind of nice to see him uh, put himself out there at the very end. And another little side note is if you heard some clicking um, throughout the audio, actually in the last half or so, I got as much of it out as I could. But what was happening is they were playing catch. How cute is that, right? So every so often you'd hear it bump the mic. And that was kind of cute. But anyways, after talking with Robert, it just really reminded me how important it is, even in our hard times, to stay connected to people and to how actually putting ourselves out there and offering to help others helps us, right? So he's showing such a great example of being a father, being there, dealing with the hard stuff as parent as a parent, as well as supporting him with his tough challenges. And I guess um, he definitely inspired me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.